Hey everyone, and welcome to Chef AJ Live. I'm your host, Chef AJ, and this is where I introduce you to amazing people like you who are doing great things in the world that I think you should know about. My guest today is Emily Brulat. If you're French, it's Emily Brulet. <laughs> and she's going to be making a delicious recipe from her sauce book. Please welcome her to the show. It's so nice to meet you. Hi, Chef AJ. And um, are you able to see me? Yes, I am. And you, I got to just say you're beautiful, but the thing that I'm noticing most is your teeth are perfect. How do you get such perfect teeth? Is it the vegan Thank diet? You. It's the vegan diet. I do get asked this all the time. And I think between that and like flossing my whole life is really, I've never professionally whitened them. So I mean, maybe genetics too, but I think it's the vegan diet. Right. Well, yeah. And how long have you followed the vegan diet or plant? You know, some people prefer plant-based, but I, I, yeah. I vegan because it's more inclusive that you're doing it not just for your health, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I have been whole food, plant-based oil-free for eight years now, um, which is wild because I'm like, I just started, this is like kind of another diet to try out. And like, lo and behold, um, I've never looked back. Wow. So what initially propelled you to do this eight years ago? Yeah. Okay. So I moved from Washington to San Diego and I went to the University of Washington uh, where I got my degree in like sociology, criminology, nothing that I'm you know doing now, but moved to San Diego, had a fabulous fun twenties and was bartending, but kind of just lost on like my direction of where I wanted to go. And someone introduced um have you heard of the integrative or the institution of integrative nutrition i have they they do like they certify coaches right yeah certified coaches and kind of just give you a plethora of different um nutrition information nothing specifically like plant-based but they do introduce that and i was kind of trying to think of like how i came upon dr mcdougall and i think they had mentioned like forks over knives or what the health in there and i just found out about him and got his book and just went down a rabbit hole. I had always wanted to eat this way, like, you know, carbohydrates and in abundance. And I was just like, there's no way this would work for me. Um, so I kind of did this like 90 day experiment to almost prove him wrong. Like this won't work for me. Um, well, lo and behold, I did 90 days and like my entire life changed my you know, weight, the weight just started to come off. I had debilitating stomach issues for oh, almost 10 years, like in and out of the ER, just not knowing what was wrong with me. Um, and acne and all of that just like diminished. And my life as I knew it was forever changed because I was just like, okay, this is like the secret that everyone must know about. Wow. Had you heard about it or because, you know, in San, when you, you know, you live in San Diego, I think there's probably a lot of, yeah. had, has, had anyone around you already been vegan or? No, I was like my alone soldier on this. Like I felt very isolated because I didn't know anyone in my real life that was vegan, maybe vegetarian. I mean, San Diego, I lived in a very much of an area where everyone's like keto or paleo or you name it. Um, But no one vegan or even more specifically like high carb, low fat. So I was finding out this on my own um, at the time. That's so cool. Well, thank you for joining the club. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. Never going back. Well, so criminology, what, what, what is that? Like what, would, what, what, if you had, what does one um, come with a degree in criminology? Yeah. I, uh... I don't know, maybe doing, I mean, like, I love, um, like, a good mystery or thriller. So, like, something along the lines of, like, detective work, I don't know. I mean, I was, like, 19, 20 getting my degree, just kind of, like, wanting a degree. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm still very interested in all of that, like, dateline. It's just, like, that is, you know, so intriguing. But as a career, um I don't really know what I was thinking at the time. <laughs> but was it interesting? Oh, so interesting. And like sociology classes are, and I even use it to this day of like how I'm coaching clients of just like 
the background of like why we do things and even just with food and eating and all the emotional attachment with that like I really do think it has played a role in like who I am as a coach I'm trying to like understand about myself and my clients with um the you know tie between emotion and eating and I think that all stems from you know my sociology background so since going vegan, have you been able to influence any other people like friends and family to take the plunge or do the 90 Yeah. So um, I wanted to bring this up too. When So after my 90 days, I then wanted to, I reached out to my dad because he had had cholesterol issues my whole life. He had always been on cholesterol medication and um, started gaining some weight. I think at that time he was 55 and I was just like, dad, okay, if you will do this for me, I first said 21 days because I didn't want to scare him. So I was like, if you can do this for 21 days, um, you know, just give me the opportunity. And if you don't feel any better, okay, fine. You know, we tried it. And he gave me the 21 days and he started feeling so good. He just kept going with it. And within, I think it was like three months, his cholesterol went from like high 200s to like 146. And I think it was three or four months and he lost 55 pounds. And it has been eight years now with him. He he would not consider himself like vegan or 100%, but I would say 90% of his diet is still whole food, plant-based, you know, high carb, lower fat, and has kept the weight off. And he hasn't uh, gone back on any cholesterol medication. That's fantastic. Yeah. So he was, you know, I'm like, okay, you know, everyone is kind of like, you're in your twenties, this could work for you. And I'm like, no, this, you know, this can work for everyone. And then my 55 year old dad at the time did it. And, and then also my brother has now been vegan for uh, two years. So I got my brother and my dad fully on board. That's great. So are you, you, were you working as a chef when you lived in San Diego? Um, okay. So funny story. So I was bartending at the time of um, going through the IIN and then I just became enamored with like the starch solution and how I could tweak recipes, any recipe, like all of my favorite, you know, mac and cheese or pizza or anything like that how I took these recipes and made it starch solution. So like oil-free, dairy-free, meat-free, and it became an obsession, a hobby. And I was just loving learning how to cook. I never knew how to cook before. And during that time, I was like cooking for my um, roommate, my neighbors, and they kept kind of being like, Emily, you should maybe try and sell your meals, you know, like maybe you have something. And so I went on, have you heard of the Nextdoor app? I've heard of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like a Facebook for like your neighborhood. And so I um, went on that and I was, I just put out there like, does anyone want whole food plant-based meals? And I got a couple of people and it didn't really stick, but then I got one younger couple and I seriously attribute me continuing that business because of them, because in the beginning it was awful. Like when you cook a hot and ready meal versus like a meal prep that should last for seven days, two very different situations there, but they were so patient with me and like helped me um, work out the kinks with this business and still learning how to cook. And so, yeah. So for the first year I was bartending full-time, but on a Sunday I would cook for them. So it was kind of just like a side gig, a hobby. And after the first year I opened it up, I kind of started getting my Instagram going by sharing my meals and I had like two or three other people and I kind of just stuck with them for like another year. And then one thing led to another and I started picking up more and more people and it kind of just boomed. I was doing like a hundred meals in a few days and out of my, oh, I lived in a 300 square foot beachfront apartment. So I was living and I was working out of this. I had three um, full size refrigerators in this little box apartment. <laughs> um So it was a hustle. I was uh, cooking, I was cleaning, I was prepping, I was delivering all throughout San Diego um, during that time. So that's kind of how I got my start. And I would say my street credibility with the food and knowing how to cook this way. Um, But that wasn't sustainable. So I, I reached out to my clients and I was like, would anyone 
actually want this service, but privately, um, you can tell me what you would like me to make you um, every week. And that's, you know, so I got three clients who stuck. And then those three clients were all for different reasons. One of them actually reversed his heart disease through this way of eating. Um, the second was an athlete. And then the third, she was for weight loss. So then I curated this lifestyle and became more of a private health chef, um, which was, yeah, a lot more sustainable and I could actually breathe a little bit. Nice. Is that what you're doing now in Washington? Um, so now, it, okay. So during that cooking time, I was still continuing my education of nutrition. And I actually went through the 12 day McDougal program. And that is when, so this is a couple years ago now, I was three years ago, maybe a little bit more. Um, I started getting really into kind of the more calorie density, um, uh, aspect of it and even more weight loss for me and weight goals and kind of understanding um, just like how food works, I guess. And I started sharing this on my Instagram and my own journey and my kind of weight loss and health goals. And everyone kind of started to ask me questions like, how am I doing this? And one thing led to another. I started doing these 10 day challenges, which I still do. And they started to become bigger and bigger. And basically they were like 10 day whole food, plant-based, low fat challenges. And I was giving them a crash course on this way of eating while doing it. And they were maximizing their results in those 10 days. And then, um, and then after that, it started to, people were reaching out to me on doing one-on-one -on -one coaching. And so little by little, I have just like grown this business. And now I am retired from the cooking aspect and I'm just fully doing one-on-one -on -one coaching um, for weight loss or whatever health ailment uh, and then running my challenges as well. So the, oh, but during that time I did come out with my um, exclusive sauce book, which is, you know, what I'll be making um, today. So came out with the sauce book and now am a coach uh, full-time. And so, so you learned that in, when you went to INN or IIN, I'm always... Um, yeah, I, I, and I would get like confused. Um, the cooking part. Yeah. I mean, just or, everything, like how to coach people. Cause you say you mostly oh, you just do when you run the challenges, is it just for one people or for lots of people? Yeah. So the challenges, um, well, they were getting up to like 50 people from all around the world. I am now minimizing that because that it was just getting way too big. Um, and then the one-on-one -on -one coaching and yes, IIN did teach me how to be, a coach, but primarily it's just from working with client to client, you know, pretty much thousands, I would say up to a thousand women at this point that I've worked with and mostly just kind of self-taught with knowing all the information and going through the nutrition classes. Um, yeah, it, that's been more of the, um, the coaching and the experience over IIN and nothing about IIN. I'm just, I've learned so much in these past years of working with clients. How do you how do your clients find you? Uh, Instagram. I that's been the main um, main way so far, which is so funny because I'm like I started this Instagram account just to like show showcase my food, and then all of a sudden it's like turned into this is this is my business and this is how I find clients. And I got um, promoted a couple years ago by Forks Over Knives, so. A big chunk of my following, it comes from them, which is all, you know, like-minded people. Um, so it's really great. I have a very authentic, genuine um, following for people who really want this lifestyle to work for them. That's so cool. How did Forks Over Knives find you? I'm always curious. Um, yeah, they found me because I had posted one of my like meal prep meals. This was in my early meal prep days as a chef. And I... I don't know if I tagged them or what, but they messaged me and they were like, Hey, this meal's beautiful. Can we post it on our Instagram? And, um, I was like, Oh my God, yeah, absolutely. And then overnight I got, they, cause they had tagged me. I got a huge chunk of following. And again, it was all like-minded people. So I was like, this is amazing. And, um, so definitely attribute my success to them as well. 
Thank you. Bye. That's so that's so interesting. I love it. I love it. I'd love to see how people get where they are. Now, you said you took the McDougal program. Was that when it was online? Yeah. So I had looked at it, you know, when it was in person and I was toying around with it. And then obviously COVID happened and it went all online. And I was like, honestly, this is the perfect time. There's no more excuses. Like I'm not going to have to take off time for work or, or whatever. And I just signed up like really early on when they offered it online and then, um, yeah, went through the program. And that is really the turning point of when I went from my cooking career to the coaching and uh, yeah, understanding the whole, you know, getting results and everything with food. Um, before when I've been on this diet, cause I've been on or lifestyle, I've been on it for eight years. It was more so just like my health and like, I, I felt so great, but then I started getting, um, yeah, I wanted to help people with this and I'm, you know, and so that's kind of where the turning point went with my career. Did you, did you, when you went to the McDougal program, you'd already been doing this for a while, right? Yeah. Yeah. For, I mean, over five years at this point. So you didn't really go for any particular health challenges or problems? No, no. I, when I signed up, I think people, you know, as you know, a lot of people are there for health reasons. Um, I, I think they were kind of curious as to why I was there, but it was solely just to get more information and educate myself and, um, yeah, because still at that point, I wasn't in the mindset of wanting to coach this. This was all just to better myself. Um, and I just, I've been enamored with this lifestyle and just learning, learning, learning. And so I knew I wanted to do another education course. And I was like, well, what better one, you know, from one of my <laughs> I, biggest I mentors? Just, I love that, Emily, because you, I mean, you, we can't even drag the people that need it most kicking and screaming. And here's somebody that's, I just think that's so cool. That says a lot about yeah. that person. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen it firsthand and especially with my dad. And I think my dad, oh, actually back to the coaching thing. I think my dad was the best guinea pig because I started with him and like, we, we didn't live in the same area. So I had to call him and text him like about this diet. He didn't, he did read the books, but, um, you know, I was telling him like what to eat and he's a simple guy. He, he doesn't cook. He's single. He works all the time. So I had to make this very, very simple for him. And so seeing it change my dad's life was, I mean, I'm so happy about my own, but like to help someone else do it was really the biggest factor on like, I want to get more information so I can continue to share this. Um, which at that point it was just to share it on my Instagram. Was I one of the instructors when you came? You weren't there. Um, I forget who was the chef during that. Darn. Uh, I would know her name if you said it, but. Would um, would it be Kathy Fisher? Yes. Yes. Kathy Fisher. Nice. Nice. Yes. Yes. I think I remembered you if you were in class, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I was, I was like such the nerd. I was the one, I did not miss a class. And I was like, asked every question. I'm sure they're like, oh my gosh, this girl's asking a question again. But um, yeah, I was like starstruck to just be in it because I had been following it for five years and living, breathing that lifestyle. And it had become my cooking career at that point. That is very, very cool. So yeah. what, tell us, about I, I, how long does your recipe take? Because we'll try to balance the time. Recipe is really pretty quick. Um, I already measured out the seasoning. So about five to seven okay. minutes. I wish um, you know, we could take a little break from the questions if you want. Because I do have more questions about you. And yeah. your business, but if you want to start the recipe. Yeah. yeah. And let me see. I have this little message on my phone. Um. Oh, okay. There, I can see you much better. Nice. You can still see me? I Yes. Okay. Okay. So, um, yeah, I want to just kind of start with the, yeah. this is my gravy. And it's so funny because I made this recipe up in literally five minutes. And it is my most beloved recipe. People tell me they could drink it. So um, I decided to do this one for you. And again, yeah, super easy. So I'll just kind of do everything here because it's hard to, you know, be on that side. But obsessed with gravy. I, I just wish there were more things to put it on because I'm so, I only like, think of most of the time as mashed potatoes. What right. Else, what else can I be putting gravy on? Because I do love um, gravy. 
I know, I know. I do. I mean, I seriously do even over rice. Um, and I don't know how you feel about savory oats, but I've had my clients do it on like make savory oats and do it on oatmeal. Um, I have not done that, but I've definitely had it over rice before. Yum. Um, okay, so just two um the you'll have the recipe, but uh two cups of veggie broth, and I usually try and do the low sodium one. And then um, oh, what I'll do actually for so for the thickening agency is I use arrowroot powder, but you can use cornstarch or just regular flour. Um, I've always just like arrowroot powder for some reason. Do you um, think but you can we can substitute arrowroot in general? Because I the gravy recipe I'm doing now is for somebody yeah. has a pod named Nora Cooks, and I'd love for her to come on the show and show it. It's my favorite gravy. Oh yeah, yeah. She calls from for brown rice flour. So are you saying okay. a person could just substitute arrowroot if they wanted? Yeah, yeah. Arrowroot, tapioca, cornstarch. Um, I have substituted any of those three for any flour that a recipe will call for. Um, so what I actually do first, so it's not lumpy in the gravy, is I put the um, the powder in here and then I'm just going to put like, I don't know, maybe one tablespoon of water and I'm going to pre-mix it in um, its own bowl first because I've learned it get, can get kind of chunky um, if you just put it straight in there. So I'll just kind of mix that powder first and then um, nutritional yeast this on everything yep what you have a brand that you like fortified unfortified um I just do the brags um kind of whatever I'm I'm not specific on it um and then soy sauce two teaspoons of Maple syrup. It's one just a teaspoon. So just like a little. Just a little. A little bit. Um, okay, and then I can put the arrowroot powder in. So then I do so I am pretty heavy-handed on like seasoning. So in my recipes, they are a lot of them call for like a teaspoon. Um, you can always, if you don't like as much flavor, you can always half the seasoning. Um, and it calls for, um, like fresh herbs. You can be as easy as just doing Italian seasoning. You don't need to do any other, um, if you don't have them, but sage is really good. Rosemary, um, chives are awesome. And I've just, you can use fresh, but I've always, I'm very simple and easy. So I've always just done, um, the dried herbs, which are great. Uh, and then a little bit of mustard powder. And then these two, oops, probably can't see them are um optional but uh onion salt which if you're doing salt free you can leave this one out but this one is one of my favorites from trader joe's and have you had this everything um but the leftovers i've never seen that that's from trader joe's yeah, yeah. and you can only get it like once a year during thanksgiving and um so i stock up i'll get like 10 of these and seriously it tastes like thanksgiving what, so what are the ingredients that's so cool um so onions uh nutritional yeast salt black pepper turmeric celery seeds rosemary and thyme wow yeah but it's a game changer and so you don't have to have that but if you can pick some up in the fall at trader joe's stock up and use that on everything um yeah, so those are two of my favorites. And then just onion, garlic powder, and I already pre-measured all the seasoning. So you just pour everything in one pot. And I think I got everything. Yep. And so then we will just turn this on high. Do a little whisk. Once it starts boiling, I like to kind of continuously whisk it just so it thickens up it kind of gets all the clumps out um but I'll let that boil um yeah so that one's really easy a lot of my other ones do call for um 
uh, cashews, but um, on my recipe book, it does say you can omit any of the ones with nuts and seeds. Um, and you can just use a can of drained white beans to lower the calorie density. So a ton of my clients will do that. Uh, if they do want to do the nuts, they'll just lower to a fourth cup of cashews in the entire recipe. So it still keeps it low calorie, but any of my um, recipes are super easy just to sub for white beans instead of um, cashews. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So um, makes it easy. And I'm, of course, like coach clients on weight loss. And we talk about the whole calorie density chart and everything. So I kind of help them navigate how to tweak any, any recipe and make it lower calorie. That's kind of my specialty. I'm kind of a wizard at like, give me a recipe and I'll make it, you know, starch solution and compliant. I love, I love doing something like that. Yeah, that's fantastic. How long does gravy keep? I always wonder because I made some last week and I'm wondering if I can still eat it. Um, oh my gosh, I'm like the worst at food. My boyfriend's like, that's probably gone bad. I'm like, mm, it's fine. But I feel like seven days, seven. I mean, sometimes I'll do 10 days with my rest. I mean, there's no dairy in it, no dairy or egg. Um, so I'll eat my, my sauces seven to 10 days after I make them. Yeah. Hey, but the oh, go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. You go ahead. Oh, but I, the gravy, honestly, I can't keep it for more than like two or three days in the fridge. It's so good. Um, and I think yeah, my clients would agree. But uh, but yeah, I think I think you'd be good to eat it after seven days. Nice. I wonder if you can freeze gravy. I've never tried. Maybe I should. Yeah. Yeah, I do freeze a lot of my other sauces, though, because they do kind of it depends how many people are eating them. If it's just you, um, you can either half the recipes or just put it in the freezer. Um, and then I'll just kind of put it on the stove and whisk it so it gets um, thick again. But um, yeah, I, I typically freeze a lot of my recipes. Nice. So once it starts boiling, then I'll let it boil and then I'll just bring it down to like a simmer for two to three minutes. And then it starts to um, thicken with the arrowroot powder. Already smells so good. And then, oh, so then I did um, mashed potatoes. Um, and with, can you see? Um, my mashed potatoes. I just did, I don't know how you make yours, but I just do um, gold potatoes boil and then mash it with like a little splash of oat milk or veggie broth and then just salt and pepper and chives. And that's all I do for my mashed potatoes. Nice. I've been using instant flakes. They're amazing. I know people like you, oh. chef are you, but they always come out perfect and creamy. Oh, oh, really? Do you get those at Costco? I get them at Whole Foods and Whole Foods is oh. only a seasonal product. So I like you with the seasoning, I stocked up on a ton yeah. of boxes. Yeah, yeah, I do that with everything. So I'm like, I'm going to eat it. Um, so then I just did Brussels sprouts. I just, I am, I just use the microwave. I've did the chef life of chopping and steam, like roasting all my veggies. But when it's just me, I just pop my veggies in the microwave. And then I have this like steamer basket. Have you seen this this steamer basket? That I haven't seen that one, but I have one yeah. pampered chef that I love. Yeah, I love this one. Um, got it on Amazon. Just do. I have um, this one of my clients. She's in this this world too. Her Instagram is Starch Solution or Full Full and Fulfilled. Her name's Liz, and she was actually one of my clients that I helped get her off of her plateau. But anyway, she makes these 50-50 plates. And so she makes them by hand. So they're really pretty. That um, is very cool. It's, let me look that yeah. up. I love that idea. I love that. Yeah. What's her name on Instagram? I'll look her up. Um, okay, so Starch Solution. Mm -hmm. And it has like a she has like an orange background wow or that is a very cool plate yeah I know it's like so beautiful um or full and fulfilled her name's Liz and yeah she's she is so fun and does the most creative things okay so looks like the gravy pretty much done 
and it thickens too, like a little bit um, overnight in the fridge. It looks smells delicious, but I'll just kind of pour it over. Ooh. Even my boyfriend, who is not plant based, um, loves this gravy. He was like so excited I was making um, this gravy. So it's a hit with vegans, non vegans. Um, so. It's oh, delicious. Man. That looks yummy. Yeah. <laughs> I could eat this every single day and I'm not joking. I'm kind of a creature of habit. So once I find a sauce, I just go with it and I, yeah, I will eat the same thing happily every yeah, so, day. So, so what yeah. do what, people love to know every guest on Chef AJ Live, even if they're not even talking about food? What, yeah. what, what do you eat in a day? So oatmeal always, that is like my true north of just every day starting with oatmeal with a banana made with water, a little cinnamon um, and salt. And then uh, lunch, I typically do like, what am I doing right now at the moment? Just like broccoli. I love, um, like I eat broccoli, like it's going out of style. So like usually broccoli and cauliflower or Brussels sprouts, um, and then rice. And right now I'm just doing a little nutritional yeast flakes, um, and onion salt. And that's about it. I can eat very simply when I first started, um, this lifestyle, I was eating very extravagant because that was when I was in the height of my cooking days. And now I, yeah, I just eat very simply. And for dinner, I typically do um, like a stir fry. And I've been really into this um, Japanese barbecue sauce. I, Heather McDougal is the one who got me onto it. And so I'll just do a little bit of that. And it's like a, a rice stir fry every night. And yeah, that's kind of, I kind of go with things like my, my um, meal routine for a couple months and then I get tired of it and I change it. I've been that way since I've been like seven years old. So, I've, and my dad's the same way. And so is my yeah, brother. You know, it's so funny because I'm the same way. It doesn't matter what I'm eating. I've always been sort of a creature of habit. And so that there's a yeah. lot of people apparently that need a lot more variety, but thankfully I'm not yeah. one of them. I eat the same thing for lunch every day and I have for about 12 years now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the same way. And I end my night with like my fruit. It has been, it kind of just like solidifies my day. I look forward to it. It is like a bowl of candy at this point. I've been doing that for 11 years and it works for me and it's, and it's great. I work, um, you know, with clients that are kind of on both ends of the spectrum, either creature of habit like me or someone who wants all the variety. So we kind of figure out how to, you know, make it work for all of us. But, but for me, creature of habit. Yeah. I mean, if we like what we eat though, we're not doing it on punishment or deprivation. Oh. We just love it. That's the thing. Oh, well, I love it. And it's, it's, I don't know who has said this, but it's like what you, you know, eat today, you crave tomorrow or what you habitually eat, you habitually crave. And that couldn't be more true. Like my love for like broccoli and potatoes is, is real. <laughs> Let's say, yeah, what you eat today, you crave tomorrow. Do most yeah. people that, uh, come to you, Emily, come for weight loss? Is that the main? Primarily, yeah. I do, you know, and it's great because this is all in one. It's like you don't need to eat a certain way for weight loss and then a certain way for health. It's, you know, one-stop shop, which is great, but primarily weight loss. Um, And I do work with a lot of clients kind of post-menopausal. I would say that's be came kind of my specialty at this point. Uh, but I work with clients on all ends of the spectrum, um, whether they want to lose five pounds or a hundred plus pounds, um, or just kind of wherever they're at in their life. And we figure out how to curate this lifestyle to make it work for them sustainably, um, and not feel, you know, like a diet. I, you know, and I'm very thankful, like I said, my following are people who want this to work. I don't have to twist their arm for them to want to like eat a plant-based diet. They are just like, I want this to work. Just let, you know, let's figure out how to implement this. Um, and with their family dynamic as well. Did you ever struggle with weight? Yeah, I, um, on my Instagram, you can see my before and afters. So I um, have fluctuated my whole life. I grew up as a competitive gymnast since I was like seven years old. And unfortunately, fortunately, I, you know, was very aware of body, body image, um, at a very, very young age. So I started the whole dieting 
thing as early as I can remember and just did the yo-yo fluctuating, never could figure it out, did every diet under the sun. Um, so you can see like on my Instagram, I'm only five feet tall, so I'm very petite. <laughs> um, so the weight on me is very noticeable. Uh, so I've had my own weight loss trans transformation. And the one thing about this is it's been the transformation that stuck. I've stuck with it for eight years and from yo-yoing and all that exhausted, um, you know, diet culture, this has just been incredible. And it's, it's so great to finally find something that works. Nice. Well, you know, the reason I asked is because I, I clicked a link and you were featured as a McDougal. I think, what do they call it? The star McDougal. Yeah. Yeah. I know they featured me and kind of just, I've dealt with a lot of eating disorders and different things like that. And it's just, I mean, this way of eating has just been what clicked and what has changed my entire life. And I mean, this is my true life. Like this is what I live and I breathe. And the fact that I can teach this as a career and made it my entire career is pretty amazing. Cause I'm like, you know, all day I just hang with my clients virtually, of course. And I'm just kind of like directing them on like what to eat, maybe tweak their plates a little bit. And I'm just like, this is how I live my life. Um, so effortlessly. And I get to do this as a career too, which is, I pinch myself. Well, in, in, on the page, and we can link to it if you like in the show notes, the, yeah, they, they have a picture of your dad too. Yeah. Yeah. And I have, he looks really great. And he's, he is the oldest, he's a, a correctional officer at the jail and he is the oldest officer there and like in better shape than most of his, um, you know, fellow officers. And they're always just like, you know, Brian, what are you doing? And he's like, I eat carbs and I listen to my daughter and they're all, they're all in like the meat keto diets. And they're like, Oh, you know, no, <laughs> he's like, all right. You know, his health speaks but for you itself. You say he's, your dad didn't want to go up, stay a hundred percent, right? He, I would say he's like a little over 90%, like holidays or something. He'll have some meat or whatever, but he's maintained his weight and he's kept all his cholesterol medication. So for me, I'm like, I'm, I'm happy with it. And I think he, he feels good, but he does feel the best when he is, you know, eating whole food plant-based diet. Like you can always, he, he just knows that this is his like base diet. Nice. And so, but is there anything for him to eat at the jail or does he bring his lunch? <sighs> he always brings his lunch and he always brings his potatoes and they're just like, Brian and his potatoes, which is so funny because when I was in San Diego, people knew me as like the potato girl. Um, so, and it's kind of like an ongoing joke, but yeah, they know him as <laughs> the potato guy as well. That's very cool. So, but now that you live near your family, you can cook like the thing, the holiday meals. And yeah. Yeah. No. And my mom and stepdad, they're very open to this lifestyle. So they, when I moved back, I mean, they're, they're all for my cooking and I just kind of have to get my cooking spark back because to be honest, I got a little PTSD from the amount of cooking I was doing and just the hustle and bustle of it. So I'm kind of starting to get my cooking spark back again. Um, but I love cooking. I love cooking this way, especially for people that can appreciate it and know the love that comes from the love and health that come from it. Right. Is your boyfriend whole food plant-based as well? Um, no, but we are, we're, he has <laughs> really, um, got, so the oil thing, he is so mindful about not cooking with oil. Um, we've really decreased his dairy intake, which I'm very happy about. Um, he's very supportive. And I think, you know, I'm never, as he respects the way I, you know, I'm going to respect the boundaries with him, but he does feel really good eating this way. And he did my 10 day challenge and he lost like 13 pounds and felt great. So he's baby steps. We're getting there. <laughs> All right. Now tell me what is Chirari malformation? Chirari malformation. All right. Yeah. So I had brain surgery at the age of 16 and it was it's very rare. And basically what it was is 
in simple terms is my brain was too large for my skull. So it was protruding and it was starting to fall into my spine. Um, so it clogged my spinal fluid from running. And basically that shot the nerves on my right side of my body. Um, so when I first was, when I was 16, I remember going to Spanish class and kind of just like wondering, oh, my hand's numb. And I kind of just thought, oh, I slept on it, you know, funny. And then um, like day by day, it went from hand to arm and then it started to go into my face and I, and like even my right side of my tongue. Um, so then went and got MRIs, couldn't figure out what it was. I swear the MRI was like eight hours long. And then finally sent the um, scans to Seattle and they said it was QRA malformation. And basically I had to have a um, brain surgery within, I think it was like two weeks. Um, I had a very severe case. So they ended up taking an inch out of my cerebellum. um, And so to release that pressure. And so, and then my spinal fluid to run again. Um, But yeah, it kept me, it was... I, I think like six months, um, you know, I was sophomore or junior, junior in high school. Um, so that was a big part of a lot of where my health issues started and stemmed from. Um, and then of course, and having to end my gymnastics career, which was everything I had ever known. Um, so that, that took a big toll on my mental and physical health, which is kind of where everything started like crumbling in that time of high school and college. Um, but yeah, I'm fully recovered. I do have a little bit of different feeling from my right to my left side, but from eating a plant-based diet, it has helped my nerves tremendously. Like I don't even really notice the difference anymore. That's unbelievable. I'm so happy that you recovered. Now that wasn't something that ever until you, your hand started falling asleep, you had no, yeah had this rare disorder from probably from no born sounds like your head yep. big. yeah <laughs> yeah it's um had no inkling did not even know it was a thing um and I do know two other people in this small town that have had it too and one gal I think she was in her 40s and she had no idea either until her symptoms came so it's not something that it's you know diagnosed right away and some people I think can go their whole life without even it being a problem. Um, but if it's a problem, it's, you know, could be life changing. That is so interesting. How do they diagnose it? Um, I, I mean, I think everyone it's through an MRI. I think everyone's symptoms are different, but they can see, you know, the protruding. Um, and then I actually had a syrinx that grew down from my spine that held the, the fluid in there. Um, so they could see in the MRIs, the syrinx that like grew, um, down my spine. So yeah, they, they diagnose it through. That's right. I've never heard of that. That's amazing. Yeah. How long was your recovery and was the surgery painful? Um, gosh, yeah. The surgery in itself, I mean, it's such a blur. I was obviously on like so many pain meds during that time, but the biggest thing was just, I went from being an athlete to just having to sit in a chair, sleep, right. You know, up, right up upside (laughs) and um just do nothing throughout the day and so I think the recovery was like four to six months if I remember right which you know I'm in the middle of high school um I was cheerleader at the times and I had to shave you know the back of my head so it was really traumatic and trying to navigate a life um, after the recovery from being a competitive gymnast of working out four hours a day meets on Saturday, um, to nothing. I mean, that was, that was the hardest recovery of all. Wow. Well, congratulations. You look great now. (laughs) Thank you. So no, no real big symptoms or anything from, um, I had some, some memory loss during that time. I had some like memory loss that was happening. My balance was off. Like I was, and then my, um, muscles were weakening. So I, um, I believe what can happen is if, you know, the muscles, the nerves start to go and then the muscle can go and then it can go on your other side. So I'm so thankful I caught this so early on before it did permanent damage on my muscle. Um, It does have permanent damage on my nerves, but um, I got 
all my muscle back. So very thankful. Again, if I would have waited, it would have caused, you know, lifetime, who knows, I, you know, could have been quadriplegic. Um, but I caught it really quickly. And my mom is a nurse. So, you know, right away when I told her that she's like, Oh, let's get in. And so very thankful I caught it because and you were 16 when this happened, huh? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then from then I've had honestly like 15 surgeries, all kind of unrelated to the brain surgery. Like I've had both elbow surgeries. I've had carpal tunnel surgeries, um, fist surgeries, like, Oh, I had kidney stones before I went plant-based and kidney infection. I was a mess and in and out of the ER with stomach issues. I think the stomach issues happened just, you know, probably from all the antibiotics I had to take um, with all the surgeries, just my gut lining was so damaged. Um, so yeah, I was a mess for a good part of like 10 years. And then again, the plant-based diet just Turned everything around. Well, it sounds like what you had, the diet probably didn't make a difference out. So like you probably had that from when you were born. Yeah. Yeah. But I do think it helped with like the inflammation and the nerves and um, just the healing process and especially like my gut issues. Um, but the brain surgery unrelated. Yeah. To diet. At what point did you lose the 55 pounds? Was that before taking the McDougal program? You already came there lean. Uh um, well, my dad's the one who lost 55 pounds and I have oh. lost, um, but I've lost about, everyone always asks me, but in my first 90 days, I lost 17 pounds and being five feet tall, that's quite a bit of weight. And then, um, since then I've kind of fluctuated, I fluctuated in between like my chef days when I wasn't really focused on, I guess my body results and things like that. But I think after the McDougal 12 day McDougal program, I think I've lost like another 10. So I think it's around 25 ish pounds that I've lost total, um, and maintained and, and kept it off. Nice. But yeah, so the first 90 days was my big chunk. And then, um, I think after the McDougal program, it was a few months where I, I got off that other 10 pounds or so. Nice. Nice. Would you exercise? And if so, how much and what? Yeah. Um, so funny enough, I promote this on my Instagram and I think people think I work out a lot more than what I do, but I'm a walker. I love walking. I've always been a walker. Um, so I just walk and I do a seven minute arm routine, uh, four days a week and that's it. Um, and I do outdoor things like I'll go skiing on Friday, winter or snow skiing on Fridays. Um, I like to hike, but yeah, for the most part it's walking and my little seven minute arm workout. Very cool. Well, speaking of Instagram, I took a look at your page and I saw this post and I'd love for you to comment because you did take the McDougal program and the yeah. line is the fat you eat in <laughs> is not the fat you wear. And interestingly enough, my good friend who has a regular slot on this show, Dr. Nikki Davis actually made a comment on that post. Oh, um, yeah. So I come with it because I, you can take so many meaning meanings out of that. And so many of my clients take that one statement and they take it at face value. So they come to me and they are so scared to eat like an, an ounce of nuts or like one tablespoon of peanut butter. And they li literally honestly think they are going to gain weight if they have a bite of overt fat. And so what I wanted to explain in that post is just like, it is putting this fear in people and hundreds and hundreds of clients that I worked with that they can't even have an ounce of like whole food, you know, nut seeds, avocado, tofu, um, or else it's magically going to just cause weight gain. You know, when it all comes down to calorie deficit and how to, you know, maintain your calories. Um, so I wanted to kind of touch on that more so it being like super scientific, um, I just think I have so many clients coming to me thinking it's a blanket statement and they're taking it at face value, just literally thinking it's going to cause instant weight gain if they have one piece of um, tofu, you know? So that's yeah. kind of what I wanted to I say. Think... I knew it was going to get controversial. Well, but, yeah, but tofu doesn't have the same calorie density as nuts. Tofu is, it's got a yeah. low calorie density and it's high in water. So I think yeah. it's sort of different though, because I, I would not be a, a, a I, I cannot eat any nuts without gaining weight. And I'm talking about yes. 
And I actually yeah. did an experiment with for three months working under the tutelage of Dr. Lyle and Dr. Goldhammer. And yeah. people vary in how sensitive they are to the effects of fat. And maybe somebody that's never yeah. been obese maybe can get away with it. But I, I just know that my, I think people are different. But no, nobody should be afraid of food. But I think the overall, like with calorie density, that just, that's yeah. Just, it's going to come into play, you know, what, right. Oh, and I totally eat like a low fat diet myself. Like if I'm going to incorporate, you know, nuts, seeds, avocado, like for so I've gone months, years without even incorporating them. My nutrition, I get blood work done every year and it's always like off the charts. My doctors are always like, what are you doing? You know? Um, and I've gone a year without even incorporating them. And so when I do incorporate them, I am extremely mindful. It's, I portion out those sizes, unlike starches, non-starchy veggies, where I eat in abundance. Right, if right. I'm going to have, if I'm going to have some peanut butter, I am going to measure that out to a tablespoon because one, it's so easy to overdo. Um, it packs on the calories so quickly. Um, so if you're not mindful and that is, you know, the issue is like people just have way too much like overt fats in their diet, AKA the calorie density chart. And so that's a problem. So I guess, you know, I was trying to come at it just being like, don't fear like, you know, a peanut because my clients, seriously, I work with, and they just, they really do think it's like, they have one peanut in it instantly, you know? Oh my God. So no, that's kind of where not, I wanted to come with that. Peanut, but a lot of times people think if a little is good, a lot is better. And that's not always. And that's what gets us in trouble. And I'm kind of an all or nothing person or have been most of my life. So a little, yeah, I've been a little is great. So a lot must be a lot better. <laughs> That's funny. Not well, always I, true. Speaking of your Instagram, I do like something you wrote very much. Instead of focusing on your dream weight, focus on your dream body. That's so good. Yeah. People, I, I, I don't really work in the weight loss space anymore, even though I wrote a best yeah. book called The Secret Cells <laughs> Weight Loss. But I found that people were very unrealistic because they would have a certain body type, maybe more curvy than straight up and down. And it wouldn't matter how yeah. they lost, they're still going to be a curvy person. Right, right. And I, I've been my biggest guinea pig myself. And I got down to one of my lowest weights and I still wasn't satisfied because I didn't have like, I like to be toned. You know, I was a gymnast, so I've just always liked to feel strong and toned. But during that time I got to my lowest weight and I wasn't satisfied because at the end of the day, I wanted to feel good in my clothes. Um, and I still felt kind of like squishy, you know, it was just like what, what I was really looking for was a certain like feel um, versus like a number on the scale. Um, so, you know, a lot of my clients are, are fighting for this certain number and they think, Oh, if they get there, that's going to be the end all be all when it's like, no, really, there's a lot more, you know, I think doing a little bit of a muscle, um, having muscle mass is great. And I think it makes women feel really strong. And maybe that's a couple more pounds in their goal weight, but they'll feel much better in their clothes, um, and stronger that way. So, I really like to have my clients kind of see that side too, um, or looking at a weight range versus one yeah, specific number. Because I've always said that your lowest attainable weight is not always your lowest sustainable weight. Yes. And that could, I had, when I was at my lowest weight, I had to be a hundred percent, a hundred percent of the time. And I was miserable. That was no way to go through life. And I'm like, if I'm a few pounds up from that and I can live a life, um, yeah, it's and that's where I'm at now. And I'm like, it's made the world of difference. And so, uh, yeah, that thing couldn't be more true. I, I completely agree. Well, you know, it was interesting when we were talking about you're saying you have clients that will fear eating a peanut. My when I've worked with people and I find that more than even fearing fat, they fear starch. Yeah, that too. And it's, you know, we've had this whole like low carb diet ingrained in us. And I, I'm doing a lot of, um, kind of talking with my clients, like, please trust me, like trust my pro program, trust this, you know, and it's, it's hard because most women I, you know, are working with are in their forties, fifties, sixties, seventies. And they've had this like whole low carb, um, societal thing ingrained in them. So to undo that is a lot of undoing what they are, what they knew. 
Um, and it's hard. It's hard to undo that. Absolutely. I had another post I liked on your Instagram page and what was it? I just pulled it up. So uh, weight loss is extremely boring. <laughs> yep. And I am like, my boyfriend just laughs at me because he's someone who just has different meals. Every meal does a different thing every day. And I'm like, I walk every morning. I eat the same thing. Um, there's no, you know, magic pill. There's no it's sometimes I kind of forget to share my life on Instagram because I'm like, oh, people know this. It's boring. It's nothing, you know, crazy new because it's not flashy. Um, but it works. It works really, really well. Um, and some of my clients, I have to kind of make them realize like this isn't some like aha moment you're going to get every day or be motivated every day. It's pretty boring. Um, but boring's good. And it's gotten me to maintain and sustain this lifestyle for eight years. Um, I think people are looking for this, like almost, um, like, uh, what would you say? Like a high of like trying new things. And it's like, nope, just, you know, stick with what you're doing and repetition. Yep. The fundamentals, you know, and Andrew Swedford Taylor, who's been on the show a few times, he lost 120 pounds just eating potatoes for a year. He often yeah. make your food boring, make your life exciting. Yes, exactly. And I make like whenever I'm like going to eat out or events or um, family dinners, like the food to me is I make it pretty small and irrelevant to me. It's like the experience and who I'm going to see and my family, like, you know, a lot of people go to events and it's all about the food. It's like, what are we eating and everything? And I kind of go into it and like, I'm like, who's going to be there? Like, what's, what's the event about? Like, that's what I care about. Um, because I have been in my life, very food focused, like what, you know, going, people go to events, like just for the food, which I, I guess I used to be that way, but now I'm like, no, I go for the people and the experience. And yeah. Nice. Do you find that people are often unrealistic about how long weight loss takes? Yes. <laughs> um, I think that, you know, everyone wants the quick fix, but it's like, I always ask them, you know, cause they're, you know, everyone wants to be like, okay, in your nine week program, how much weight am I going to lose? And I can't, I don't know. Like, you know, we can put you on the track to get you there in a, in a, in an efficient way, but there's no way to know how many pounds you're going to lose per week. And I mean, honestly, a sustainable weight loss is sometimes like half a pound to a pound a week. And that's very normal. And that's great. And usually when you do things in a more or always when you do things in a more sustainable way, it's not going to come back. And um, yeah, I always ask them, I'm like, how has the quick fix? How has that worked for you? You know, and it's like, hasn't like you're clearly you know people are gaining and losing the same 15 pounds because they're trying to get the quick fix um so slow and steady wins the race um I do think people you know I get it I'm not a very patient person um so I come with my clients like okay let's get you on the most efficient goal track but also patience um I know for my own journey I um have hit like little plateaus and Granted, it's only a few pounds I'm looking to lose, but that can still take months. I mean, for me to lose weight at the point that I am at, I mean, it could be 0.2 pounds a week, you know? Um, so that's, that's normal. Right. Well, that's the problem with people weighing themselves every day. Dr. Doug Lyle, who I'm sure you got to know when you did the McGill yeah. program, says you lose weight like two ounces of fat a day. And it took me, I've lost, I'm 70 pounds lighter than my highest recorded weight because it's a I weighed 180. I kind of stopped weighing. I might've been more, Okay. but, but the thing is uh, it took me 27 months to lose 47 pounds, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's normal and that's sustainable. And look at, you've kept it off and it's like, it off. It's, been yeah, it's been like 12 years now with really yeah. the fluctuations, like three pounds up and down pretty much. Yeah. 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 And yeah, I'm here for results with my clients, but I also want them to know, like, this is a journey. This is a process. Like I've been on this journey for eight years and, you know, and I'm very lucky that my clients who come to me, they do want this to be their lifestyle. So this isn't like, oh, they're just going to, you know, try a plant-based diet for nine weeks and go off of it. They do want this to work for life. So blessed to have that, you know, 
clientele. I, my favorite thing is not that, that I've been able to maintain a lean body is that I get to eat so much food and it's food. carbohydrates. <laughs> it's like, you know, potatoes, I know. you know, vegetables, fruit. But I mean, I like it like your dad at the prison. I mean, that's me. Potatoes for the win. Me too. I am a volume eater. And I, like, even over my boyfriend, he looks at how much food I eat. And he even tells like his friends when he it's cute when he like tries to explain how I eat to other people. He's like, she just eats like so much food. And it's th- that is why this works for me, because I've tried the little portions. Um, and sure, you can lose weight on any diet. But I'm like that it was never I couldn't lie to myself anymore. I want to eat food. And I'm like, how can I eat an abundance of food, maintain my body goals? Oh, it's, you know, a high carbohydrate diet, low fat diet. Um, So I'm pretty veggie heavy too. Like I would say, you know, the quintessential 50, 50 plate, but I even do more of like 60, 40 plate where I'm like 60% veggie heavy. um, Just because, yeah. And I also just love my bed. Uh, there's nothing that brings a smile to my face more than when you have a young, pretty girl who really understands the start solution volume. Yeah. Density. So yeah. Thank you. thank you so much. It's been delightful yeah. talking to you. If people want to follow up with you, either to take your program or just see what you're up to, where would you like them to go? Yeah. My Instagram plant burst um, is where you can find everything or on my uh, website, www.plantfirst.com. And if you go to the coaching page, you can scroll all the way down and schedule a free consultation. So we can kind of talk over your goals and what you're looking for in kind of my program. So you can uh, go that route as well. That's cute. I'm just curious what, now that you live closer to your family, are you the one making the holiday meals? Um, I will make, I usually make like a side or at least a meal, like a broccoli cheddar casserole kind of thing. And it's so funny because that meal is always the first to go. Everyone's always kind of, well, they're always like, well, what did Emily make? And because I didn't live in um, the same area during my cooking days, they never actually got to taste my food. So now that I'm home, and of course, it's like when I'm out of the cooking cooking motivation, but when I do cook it, everyone's like the first to go, go get it. Do you miss San Diego in the warmer weather? I know I miss Southern California. Yeah, I do. I it's it's been all a year and a half, almost two years now, um, and I'm still in transition. And I've like my world has opened up so much living here, but I definitely, I mean, there's things that I'm not ready to go back to San Diego yet. Like it is, it's too soon because I still have so much emotional attachment. Um, and you know, I think if I went back, I'd like really miss it but um I do I do but I get snow skiing here and the mountains and we're big outdoors people so um yeah just the grass is greenest where you water it right just to com- just to clarify I only miss the weather in Southern California I'm very <laughs> there's a large <laughs> vegan community is there even a vegan community or plant-based community where you live now um <laughs> Okay, I always like to say we're like 10 years behind like San Diego in the terms of like food and vegan. Um, There is a Facebook app or um, Facebook group of Yakima and um, it's like vegan vegetarians of Yakima. And there is a plant-based um, uh, chef. She does like cooking classes, which I went to her um, cooking class. And there's a plant-based meal prep uh, gal. And we met and we had coffee and ch- chatted about our meal prep days. So there are some people, I mean, nothing in volume like San Diego, but I've I've reached out to the vegans I know in this town and we've all kind of like gotten together. And, you know, I think in 10 years, it will be much more up and coming on how it's going right now. Nice, nice. Well, maybe you could start a meetup. That's what I did. And I've got yeah. Now, you know? Oh, really? A thousand people? Yeah, over a thousand. And we get together. Wow. We, do, we do meetups. We have SOS free restaurants, that kind of thing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I would love that. I just realized, you know who's in Yakima? Maybe you could connect with her. She's a a plant-based pediatrician, Dr. Yami. Yeah, Dr. Yami. Yeah, we met up um, a couple times. Uh, We went to coffee and she actually met up with me because I don't know how, when I first moved here, she DM'd me and she was like, 
hey, are you in San Diego or Yakima? You know, and I was like, I just moved back to Yakima. And so we ended up going to um, coffee. And then, yeah, so she's a bunch of my friends, pediatrician. So, and my aunt, um, my aunt is a jazzercise uh, instructor and she goes to her classes. So we all kind of know each other in this town. <laughs> Very cool. What's your favorite food? Potatoes. Uh, like, I know this sounds so, okay, the Hannah white sweet potato. That's what I eat every day for lunch. Yes. Like two pounds and I eat it with broccoli. That's my favorite food. Literally same. And I, every time I eat it, like, I'm always just like, gosh, that was so good. Every time. And it's been years. I've eaten it like every single day. I'm so glad because when I moved from San Diego, I was scared they weren't going to have the Hannah yams in this town. They don't have the Japanese um, uh, potatoes, but they have the Hannah's and only at one store. So I can still get them. Thank goodness. Yeah, you <laughs> I was can. like, I don't know what I would have. I would have to order them. You know, um, I always tell people, if you live someplace without the white sweet potatoes, you got to move. You got them. I agree. Have you ordered the Hawaiian potatoes? I have. And I find that they can be hit and miss. I, I get so upset because yes. you have a, this box that you pay quite a bit of money for and they'll yeah. be good ones and the, some of them just won't be good they'll be dry or bad yeah they're just I love them is but they just there's been so hit and miss that I haven't ordered in a while exact same I think I've done it three times and I had one really good box and the other two were like not so good they're pretty dry um but my uh, true blue is that Hannah sweet potato it's like tastes like a cinnamon roll to me I'll put like a little cinnamon it's on it oh so good it's like eating people dessert. I know people don't understand. Like once you know, you know. <laughs> like a girl after my my own heart. It's so nice meeting you, Emily. I and, know. Thank uh, you so much for having me. I'm so it was excited. a lot of fun talking to you, and and congratulations on your you know your recovery. That's just that was yeah so amazing. Just even that's a great story on its own. Yeah, I know. Thank you so much. This was so fun. Thank you, and thanks all of you for watching another episode of Chef AJ Live. Please come back soon for another great show.